1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is across from me. He's a bad conservative. No, no, I'm a very good conservative. No. You're a bad liberal. Remember that. No, I'm going to try to get this straight. Okay, so Joe's a good conservative. We need conservative. to keep these straight. Really, he likes do. to listen to all sides. Say. No, I don't. <laughs> all right, anyway. I'm Mark Lawrence, bad liberal on the radio. We're so glad we have asked for and received an opportunity to talk once again to Linda Kenyon, a CBS anchor and a reporter. She's been busy lately learning, maybe even more than she already knew, about the banking industry. So good morning, Linda. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. <laughs> good morning to both of you, and um, make sure I don't have to come out there and break you two up. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's been tried before. This is normal. <laughs> During the pandemic, Joe had to stay and attend. He was so glad to be actually separated from me. So, all right. So, well, let, let's start out. Uh, we'll talk about. Uh, we'll talk about the Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, I, the one thing that I found that's so interesting is that if somebody says, "Hey, President Biden caused this collapse," or somebody says, "You know, it was uh, Dodd Frank," none of that's true because it's just hopelessly complex. What led up to this? A whole series of mistakes and then of course then it has reverberations today and into Wall Street uh, your observation about some of the key factors in Silicon Valley Bank's collapse well Silicon Valley Bank was highly concentrated in tech stocks and uh, apparently there were a lot of depositors who wanted their money and uh, Silicon Valley was able to provide that only by selling some assets and some of those assets were long-term investments, and so they took a loss on sales of those investments. As a result, uh, there's a failure of the bank. And uh, while there are, as you rightly point out, a number of other factors that take into account, uh, you know, for example, uh, the pressure of interest rates and all of, and the pressure of inflation, all of those factors combined to create a situation that we saw with Silicon Valley Bank. Now, a separate issue was involved with the uh, pressures in uh, Signature Bank in New York, which was mostly involved in cryptocurrency, which has been very volatile and, uh, and risky for many investors. So those were two separate incidents. But now we have Credit Suisse, which is uh, also referred to as Credit Suisse, depending upon your point of view. And uh, that bank failed on the global stage. And that was a separate issue that had nothing to do with either of those situations. Uh, and that was an investment bank. So that was a totally different kind of banking sector. So there's a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts. And uh, the financial industry is trying to sort it all out. Well, Linda, we've had a lot of callers on the program saying, oh, this terrible thing that Trump did, he rolled back some of the regulations on the banks. But actually, there was a lot of bipartisan support for what happened then because it was putting a lot of pressure on mid-sized banks. And now they have this to face. Is there any feeling that you've been able to discern in your reporting that they're going to roll back those restrictions, put them back in place again? And, do you, and from what people are telling you, is there any feeling that that contributed to the collapse? 
There is a lot of sentiment on Capitol Hill that that did contribute to the collapse, the rollback of those regulations. And in addition, there is a push on Capitol Hill to reintroduce some of those banking regulations that were rolled back during the Trump administration. The big question is, will they get through Congress? Uh, the uh, deregulation was meant to uh, help support free market economies and free, you know, capitalism in, in short. And uh, we are in a capitalist society, and, and when investors take risks or boards of banks, uh, boards of trustees take risks, uh, they do uh, realize that there could be consequences. And so uh, that appears to be what has happened here. Uh, but, again, depositors who had nothing to do with that, who thought their money was safe in the bank, uh, they become part of the collateral damage. So uh, in order to protect from that collateral damage, there is a push on Capitol Hill to reinstitute those restrictions as part of the Dodd-Frank banking regulations. However, we now have a split Congress. We have a Republican-controlled House. And we have a democratically controlled Senate. So while it might pass in one body, it might not necessarily pass in another. The president, however, has instituted some executive orders, which would be good only for the length of his presidency. And he's calling on Congress to reinstitute some of those restrictions. I know that the president won't use the phrase bailouts. Uh, some folks do, really, on both sides of the aisle, say this is uh, you know, uh, either a good or a bad bailout. Is is there, you were alive in 2008, is there a sense that uh, that this is a bailout or a buyout or, you know, what, what we really want to call this or does that really matter? Well, they're not using the term bailout because it's not going to affect the taxpayers, at least in the short term. And I'll get back to that in a moment. Uh, but, uh, but when it comes to uh, the word bailout, that obviously has a negative connotation. The reason this is not affecting the taxpayers is because all banks pay into a fee, uh, a fund, and the uh, FDIC as an insurance policy against this sort of thing. So the banks are actually the ones who are paying to make the depositors whole. Now, when it comes to uh, that other situation, the long term, what happens when you assess fees on the banks? Uh, they will, while they've already paid into that fund, they now have to replenish that fund. And who's going to help them replenish that fund when you think about it? Well, it would be the depositors, wouldn't it? Because they're probably going to be getting assessed uh, various bank charges, et cetera, which may come across as hidden fees. But in the long term, the taxpayers will end up, if they have their money in banks, will end up having to pay probably a little increase here, a little uptick there. And before you know it, um, it does get passed on to consumers, just like pretty much everything else. So. Uh, this is uh, not a taxpayer-funded bailout, at least in the short term. Newton's third law, for every action, there's an equal but opposite reaction. Congress, though, on the mm -hmm. other hand, tends to overreact. Are you hearing anything? Uh, you talked about maybe there's some sentiment to uh, re roll back the restrictions that were dropped during the Trump administration. Is there any sentiment that more needs to be done? Well, uh, right now, the immediate focus is on restoring what was in place. And, uh, you know, beyond that, I'm sure we will hear some more efforts on Capitol Hill to tighten situations even further. But uh, Elizabeth Warren, who was actually the catalyst for creation of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the uh, 
senator from Massachusetts, the Democratic senator. Uh, she uh, she has been among those who have co-sponsored legislation already to reinstitute some of those regulations. She was, by the way, if you could dig back into your history books, uh, not only the catalyst behind creation of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, but she was tapped to be the head of said bureau. But for various political reasons, uh, she stepped aside and was not made the head of that uh, organization, where she would have been very strict on banking regulations and other uh, financial tools to protect consumers. So she ran for the U.S. Senate. And so she's uh, able to, uh, now she's uh, served more than one term, and she is able to uh, affect legislation from a higher level that can deal with this situation from, uh, from a, uh, a much more powerful position. You mentioned the Senate, and today they're going to roast Secretary Yellen. Um, what, what, <laughs> I don't know whether they're going to eat her, but they're going to roast her. So what, <laughs> what are we talking about the, the Fed here? What's the feeling about the Fed's involvement? Anything you're picking up? Yeah, well, she was originally scheduled to talk before the Senate Finance Committee at 10 o'clock Eastern Time uh, about the president's proposed fiscal 2024 budget. And, uh, you know, that was going to be a very big issue. Uh, that on top of the fact that uh, the uh, Fed will be meeting next week and will most likely raise interest rates again. But in the uh, big picture and in the face of these banking issues and the, you know, the bank failures, the Fed is probably uh, reexamining either how much or how little it's going to raise interest rates, but we're still pretty sure they're going to raise interest rates. So those are two key issues that she was already scheduled to testify on, the budget and the Fed. And now the banking situation. She was on the Sunday talk shows over the weekend saying the banking system is sound, the economy is sound, consumers and depositors need not worry. But now uh, that was after one bank failure. Now we have three if we count uh, the uh, Credit Suisse or Credit Suisse Bank, uh, depending on whether you want to say tomato or tomato. And so there's likely going to be a lot of questions about that and whether there will be reverberations throughout not only the U.S. economy but the global economy. It's going to be a tough hearing for the Treasury Secretary, but she's well-seasoned and uh, she answers questions very carefully and very slowly, I might add, so as not to parse uh, uh, or confuse people. But, you know, when we're talking about financial issues and the economy, it can be a very confusing thing. Let's identify some of uh, the factors that might go into the Swiss or Silicon Valley bank collapse. Some folks say interest rates were high while inflation was high. That's where that came from. Some folks say inflation was high because of uh, government stimulus packages and so on. What are some other key factors that our folks are saying that are the sort of the dominoes that led to this? Well, you have to always look at consumer sentiment and the psychology of of uh, the money uh, situation. You know, when when a lot of people were concerned that investment in tech stocks were going to be a problem, they all wanted their money back from the from the bank. They all went uh, to get it. You know, to make their withdrawals. And as you know, uh, the technology sector has faced a lot of layoffs lately, and uh, that has created a lot of concerns for people who work in that field, who depend on that field, 
And, uh, you know, if you're losing your job, you want to get some of your money out of the bank. They were, you know, trying to do that and uh, have some liquidity. So uh, maybe too many people at the same time were doing that. And uh, that created some downward pressures on uh, on um, Silicon Valley Bank, which by its very name, Silicon Valley, California, is the California-based bank. So that's one of the situations. And again, you know, you can look at the stock market and say, wow, it's really up today or it's really down today. I wonder what that has to do with it. And, you know, it could be any number of factors. And it's often very hard to uh, discern uh, the thought process of, of traders on Wall Street. Uh, but this certainly did have an effect. And the uh, Dow opened on Monday after the weekend and the Friday uh, failure of Silicon Valley and then the uh, over-the-weekend failure of Signature Bank in, uh, in uh, New York. And the, the Dow futures were down 600 points before trading even began. They recovered a little bit, but they were still down. And that also created the uh, herd psychology, if you will, of uh, people saying, oh, my gosh, the stock market is down. I better move my investments around. And so it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy after a while. And, you know, there are people who say, just stuff your money in a mattress. You'll be immune to these situations. That's what Joe does. Yeah. Mattresses packed full. yeah, it's very uncomfortable, but it does work. Uh, I, <laughs> I think your next assignment, Linda, is to f- explain to us cryptocurrency. <laughs> because I don't well, think that, we're going to have to do that next week. <laughs> right, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but that's, that's your assignment. Nobody understands. <laughs> it's a secret. That's why it has the word crypto in it. Well, yeah, uh, that very good point. And I, it's hard for me to imagine how anybody puts faith and confidence in something that, that doesn't appear to have any backing. At least currency has the backing of the full faith and credit of the United States state's government. Hey, yeah, thank- you know, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Thanks, Linda. Linda. Really, really appreciate, appreciate your observations. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Uh-huh. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. That is uh, Linda Kenyon from CBS News, an anchor and reporter. Uh, let's see. She's been there for 20-some years, a graduate of MIT at Amherst. So somehow that came up at some point. What school she went to? Oh, maybe that was off mic. All right. All right. Well, we will open up the phones. We would love to hear from you. Lynn Hall's our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass, so we always appreciate her help and hard work. And uh, we are going to take a quick break, but we would invite you to contact us if you are interested in commenting on what you just heard. We had uh, the Swiss bank bailout. Swiss or Swiss? Which do you prefer? Swiss. I can Uh, say that. I like Swiss. Do you? Like Swiss cheese. (laughs) Well, you're in the wrong once again. That's not the name of the bank. So, uh, you can call us 570-743- Actually, it is the name of the bank. 65. You can email us at onthemikmark at wkok.com. On the mic? Yeah, that'll be tomorrow morning at 710 when Movie Mike is here. And you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. 
They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignment, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the <laughs> out of auto repair. Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, beat the largest timeshare company in federal court and has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get the timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free. Call 800-979-3535. That's 800-979-3535. To prove that mobile from Penn Teledata Business Voice brings the office everywhere you are, I'm to connect with my team while falling 15,000 feet. We're here, boss. We hear you loud and clear. Right, get it. You know, companies today need affordable cloud-based unlimited calling, conferencing, mobile synergy, and easy upgrades to grow with your business to keep you, well, truly mobile. Penn Teledata Business Voice, anywhere you are. Janice? Yeah, boss? Yeah, I'm going to need a little help. Dr. Rick here. If you find yourself getting particular about where you get the weather, you may be turning into your parents. Looks like it might rain. Let's see what Corey from Channel 2 has to say. He's something else. I like him better than Harris from Channel 5. You could just look up the weather on your phone. I like Corey from Channel 2. Progressive can't help you from becoming your parents, but we can help you compare rates on home insurance with HomeCode Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. 68-18. Three-pointer. Good! What a shot by Pickett! Seven games to win. Pickett fires it at the buzzer. It's good! He's got it for two play! weekends to advance. And for the one team left standing, a national championship. Join us Thursday, live from Des Moines. It's Penn State and Texas A&M. This is the NCAA Tournament on the Penn State Sports Network from Learfield. All right, welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, we were talking about banking. One of our listeners sends us a note. says, Silicon Valley Bank invested $75 million in Black Lives Matter and other liberal causes. The board was predominantly leftist with little experience in banking who operated without risk assessment. Yeah, they would use that environmental and social investing uh, emphasis to make sure that they weren't sort of contributing to climate change or things like that. And then one of our call uh, listeners says, with respect to our guest, this bank took risks with bonds without shoring up their assets. Nothing to do with regulations. Right. Thank you for the text. You can send more at 570 <laughs> That's the phone number. Sorry, you can call us at 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Be sure to include the keyword OTM at the very start of your text. Right, and then a space. Although I don't think you'd have to have the space. <laughs> I think uh, some of our textures, uh, OTM is smushed right into the 
their first words. 150 characters or so. I think Linda made a good point about, um, you know, the regulations maybe having some effect on um, on the banking issue, on the collapse, if you will, of Silicon Valley Bank. Anything that loosens the reins in the banking industry, one of our callers said yesterday, and I think they were right, that they loosen the regulations and within a certain period of time something bad happens. Unfortunately, I'd like to refute that. I'd like to say, oh, no, the banking industry never does anything like that. <laughs> but you know, let's face it, everybody is looking, the banking business is extremely competitive. Everybody's looking for an edge. Everybody's looking to produce something for their shareholders. I mean, I've had some bank stock for more years than I care to remember now, and I bought it at $17 a share, and it hasn't gone above 15 cents. You know, so 15 I'd, cents? $15 oh, a okay, share. 15. I'd love to dump it. But <laughs> well, it's going to go up eventually. <laughs> eventually, right. But, I mean, seriously, the banking industry is always looking for, for ways. I mean, the whole, whole premise of the banking industry is they take your money, and they make money from your money, and then give it back to you when you, when you want it or need it. Uh, when they can't do that, you've got a problem. And that's apparently what happened in Silicon Valley Bank. Well, and in this particular case, they pay people to be on the board. It's not just like if you join the YMCA board, you're expected to add some wisdom to it. They pay these people, and you're supposed to impart your wisdom. And uh, one of our good listeners sent us a, a note saying that they were invested in the long term, but borrowing in the short term. And so that that's why they ran out of money, because you, you, you don't get the return on your long-term investments until a lot of time has passed. So they ran out of money. They had a board of directors that wasn't, uh, uh, and and Dodd Frank helped them. Their, their board of directors wasn't bank oriented, and Dodd Frank helped them in that they didn't have to have. Uh, I forget what they call it. It's like a fire plan or something they call it, so that you have a, a way to back out of it if you end up, uh, you know, over your skis right. with too much debt and so on and not enough assets, because they were below that fifty billion mark initially. Now they, of course, they ended up over that eventually, but. Dot Frank let them uh, grow beyond their ability to ever repay uh, significantly, and so therefore, um, and that's why it's having this ripple effect. Is because and there's a lot of other banks that are in this that may be in the same position, and, and nobody's monitoring or nobody knows. Well, well, the banks may know. The banks themselves, when they pick somebody to be a director, I mean, I agree with you. There should be some experience factor involved, but there's a concept in law called amicus curiae, uh, curious friend. You know, you get some somebody in there who's curious about, you know, what the bank's doing, who questions why they're doing this, and makes the bank explain to them, as a director, what it is they're doing and why they're doing it, that can have a good effect, too. I don't think they necessarily all have to be banking, you know, uh, have degrees in banking from some prestigious university, but they do have to be aware of their obligation to make sure that the bank is functioning properly, it's giving a fair return to its investors, and at the same time, not adversely impacting the finances of their customers. And they're giving you uh, truthful information. Yeah, right. You know, That's important, too. Where uh, banks and uh, ent entities, authorities, or even maybe municipalities didn't provide accurate or even true information to the board of directors. So uh, I think that's a factor. Well, and you have been on boards. You've been on Chamber of Commerce boards where you say, well, let's look at this. Or 
uh, you say that we're going into 2022 without, you know, with only $200,000 in the bank, but our payroll each month is 150. Well, that's only two payrolls. You know, you ask hard questions. Now, I don't do that on boards. I don't get the books. I, you know, I'm sort of a, what should we do next? Let's, you know, let's get that going. Thing. Let's paint the barn and well, put on a show. That's right. I'm on property <laughs> committees. I deal with, uh, with paint. So, but in any event, um, I've, you've been on boards where people say, wait, this doesn't add up or tell me, you know, this is not sustainable. Um, and people who really understand finance look at carefully at things and ask tough questions. Well, look at, Jeff, for example, I was on a hospital board and uh, for a number of years. I know I'm not a medical person, you know, but I had to learn things about it. And I mm-hmm. asked questions to so try to inform myself about why certain things were done and what their impact was on the bottom line. And I think most people will do that. You know, if you're curious about the operations, so if you just consider it an honor to be asked and you don't see that you have any obligation to produce some kind of a result as a director, then I think you're in, on shaky ground. You know, so I don't really know who the Silicon Valley Bank people were. You say they were, they, one of our listeners said they were all leftists and voted to support liberal causes. Well, that's from Stan. Okay. Everybody's a leftist compared <laughs> to him. Okay. Yeah, but, but that's a dangerous precedent, too. You know, you have an obligation to make sure that you're operating as a fiduciary, I think, uh, and making sure that you're you're working in the long-term best interest of your customers. Well, and I think sometimes um, people on a board, if you get folks that are on a board and they're super smart, you know, they're good business people, they really help you vision things for the future. Actually, uh, Stan sends me a note says that wasn't him. It was okay. somebody else. I thought it was him just based on the remark, but it's a another good there, there conservative. You go. yeah. that a conservative never, would always be stiff. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, you get these people who have real vision and can double. Look how uh, when Roger Haddon and Jan Tippett were on the board of the Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way, or it's just the Susquehanna Valley United Way now, they had a real vision for what you could do, not just what we were doing now, but we could double and redouble. Or look how the board, uh, were you on the board of Evangelical Community no, Hospital? Sunbury these Hospital. folks have vision. You know, they're really looking for and they can say, um, well, whatever we're doing today, we can do more tomorrow. Or whatever we did uh, yesterday, I'll bet we can do it better today. They really look at that. You know, they're always in search of excellence. And uh, that is a gift. And if you don't have this on, if the Silicon Valley Bank just has a bunch of leftist eggheads on there that are just nodding their head at the meeting. Not even certain they're eggheads if they couldn't even produce a a winning (laughs) result of any kind. Right, yeah, in a place where, uh, well, they were heavily invested in, in uh, venture capital, you know, speculation on certain businesses and so on. So that's... uh, Well, you know, banks do have to take a chance from time to time. Someone used to say that the key to a bank was they'd be happy to lend you money if you could prove you don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and they they all want collateral. They want... But somewhere down the line, somebody does have to take a chance on on a new business, on a new idea. Somebody has to fund it. I mean, Shark Tank on television isn't doesn't have enough funds to do it all. But I think that that's, you know, got to be a balance. You've got to say to a bank, okay, we want to encourage you to take some risk, but not so much risk that you're endangering your long-term stability and the long-term financial health of your clients. Well, this particular bank had a division that did venture capitalism. So I imagine that's uh, an aspect where uh, one of your major investments is 
handing out money to people who you just by nature of the transaction you know they're not going to be able to pay it back you know that you want them to start up their solar businesses or solar cars or solar boats or whatever it is you know and you hope to get on board and you hope to be invested in the next Facebook or Twitter or something like that but I'm assuming the majority of the time it doesn't pan out well I mean you look at banking philosophies for example we're blessed around here in my opinion to have a number of banks that are purely local you know mm-hmm. they their interest is in this community um and and there there are several of them around around here that are like that and then there are several more that are bigger groups i noticed the bigger groups the turnover seems to be fairly high you know the somebody you saw there last week might not be there <laughs> next week but you know you used to develop, I guess, a close relationship with your banker. You know, how many people do you know today that say, I have a banker? You might have a bank, but you don't have a banker. And I think that's the big difference between the way banking was done years ago, and in some cases locally still is, and the, and the way banking has become today. I have a banker. You have a banker? Yes, Donald Steele. Okay. <laughs> he tells me. He tells us what we need to know or who can help us or fix things or he keeps us informed. So. Well, you're lucky. But all we have is a checking account and a savings account. So it's relatively simple. All right. This is WKOK Sunbury. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Reactions coming in quickly to video released today showing Russian fighter jets dumping fuel on a U.S. surveillance drone over the Black Sea. Pentagon correspondent Cammy McCormick reports. Republican Senator Marco Rubio on CBS Mornings. This is a direct test of the Biden administration to see if we'll respond to it. He thinks the Biden administration shouldn't back away from these missions to assist Ukraine. I think our response would be to fly more of these in that area and to potentially have them escorted by U.S. fighter jets. And to be prepared to scramble jets should more of these unarmed drones be threatened. The U.S. drone crashed in international waters near Ukraine. The U.S. condemning North Korea after it launched its fourth intercontinental ballistic missile in less than a year. It came hours before South Korea's president flew to Tokyo for a summit on nuclear threats from the North. Korea expert David Maxwell. The intelligence analysts are certainly pouring over the data. We likely collected a lot of data on this because we expect these tests. So this is really good for our intelligence to determine their capabilities. The ICBM landed in the sea between the Korea and Japan. Prepared remarks show Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen will assure the Senate Finance Committee today the U.S. banking system is sound despite two failures in the last week. Democrat Richard Blumenthal. These top executives should be held accountable. They almost cratered our entire banking system. Credit Suisse shares are surging after an agreement from the Swiss Central Bank for a loan up to $54 million. Billion. Texas Governor Greg Abbott defending the decision for a state takeover of schools in Houston. This is going to be done in, in a way uh, that just ensures uh, that it will be set on a course so that HISD will no longer be failing their students. The decision follows allegations of misconduct by school trustees and chronically low academic 
grades, dozens of high schools. Democrats say it's pure politics. Cocaine production and smuggling have reached a new post-pandemic high. Here's CBS's Linda Kenyon. A new UN report says since 2020, South American drug cartels have ramped up production of coca by 35%. Coca is the base ingredient in cocaine. At the same time, the cartels have used the retreat of the pandemic to smuggle record amounts of cocaine around the world. Catalytic converters are hot on the black market. New numbers from Carfax show as many as 153,000 were swiped in the U.S. last year. Topping the list? Introducing the all-new 2021 Ford F-150. Ford's F-Series trucks. Dow Futures down 107. This is CBS News. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty Mutual Insurance. your milkshake quick the quicker picker upper bounty picks up spills quicker and each sheet is two times more absorbent so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand so you can get back to your milkshake my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like it's better than your bounty the quicker picker upper i'm kareem abdul jabbar i learned about atrial fibrillation the hard way my symptoms would come and go shortness of breath Fatigue. I kept going. Then I got so lightheaded, I couldn't. My doctor said I have AFib, so I'm about five times more likely to have a stroke. Other symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain can come and go, but the risk of stroke stays. If you have symptoms, tell a doctor. Visit notimetowait.com. Sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. You'll recognize the tune, The Man Behind It Has Died. Bobby Caldwell hit Billboard's Top 10 in 1978. In my world, only you. What You Won't Do For Love was not just a one-hit wonder. It was covered by other artists like Michael Bolton and Boys to Men. And it's been sampled by several recent hip-hop artists. Tupac Shakur song, Do For Love, came out after his death. The Notorious B.I.G. and Common are among other artists who've sampled that and other songs by Bobby Caldwell. Steve Kathan, CBS News. Another Banksy mural bites the dust in Britain. This one, named after Cat Stevens' song, depicted a young boy opening corrugated metal curtains on the side of a deserted farmhouse in Kent. It was torn down along with the rest of the home. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Let's be real. Mopping is a hassle. You have to fill the bucket. Pushing a wet, heavy mop around. Then cleaning the mop when you're done so it doesn't grow bacteria. A hassle on top of a hassle. Try Swiffer WetJet. With Swiffer WetJet, you start with a fresh pad and cleaning solution every time. And when you're done, you just toss the pad. Swiffer WetJet. The faster, easier, cleaner way to clean your floors. I had a nighttime routine for my frequent heartburn. I would drink milk. I would sleep upright with more pillows. But that painful burning stayed. So I made Prilosec OTC part of my morning routine. With just one pill each morning, Prilosec OTC prevents excess acid production, blocking heartburn day and night. Now I have a new nighttime routine. I call it sleeping. One pill a day, 24 hours, zero heartburn with Prilosec OTC. It's possible while taking Prilosec OTC. Use it directed for 14 days to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief.
Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Jill McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me and diametrically opposed to all the common sense, democratic, liberal-leaning policies that we've been talking about on this show. His conservative, old news approach to tiny government is not working, and so we're going, you're not going to interrupt me. What is this? No, I'm just letting you roll oh, on. Okay. You're digging your own hole oh, as deep I? as you okay. possibly can. Oh, brother. All right. Displaying your ignorance of the of the right, the far right, and what we, not the far right, but the right and what we believe. All Right? Are you alt right? No, I'm right. That's like white supremacist. That's like <laughs> no. Charlottesville. Alt right. Okay. That sounds like alternative right wing. Alt right. What about alt left? I don't think alternative right people call themselves that either. You I know. don't call myself super maga either, but I'm sure the president would call me that. Happy to slap that label on me. You're ultra maga. I'm maga maybe. May no, I yeah, believe you're... make America great again, but without Donald Trump. <laughs> Uh, you're, uh, make Trump's policies go again. Go again, right. Magoo-goo. Magoo-goo, all right. Okay. <laughs> make uh, Trump's policy map go. go again. Make America's... map go. Make America's Trump policies <laughs> map to... You can't put policy in an acronym. Maybe you better do the news headlines. Right. We're not getting anywhere here. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. You can call us now. We talked about the banking industry, and Linda Kenyon was on the line. Got all kinds of things globally going on. We have President Biden is going to have to retaliate. Now that the world has seen this video of the shoot-down of the drone, uh, it's plainly obvious it was a provocation. It wasn't an accident by any stretch of any imagination. So he'll have to act on that. We can talk about the Texas abortion uh, case that relates to the one of the abortion pills that's commonly used. Uh, and maybe there's some local issues you wish to talk about. So give us a buzz. 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-WKOK. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. We do have some good emails. We're going to read those uh, shortly. We do have some brief news headlines. The Northumberland County District Attorney Tony Matalevich is seeking an immediate injunction to have his name put back on the May primary ballot, and the county is expected to respond. The DA told WKOK Wednesday he filed an injunction just before 4 p.m. Tuesday over confusion of the deadline to file his election petition. Uh, later Wednesday, Northumberland County Solicitor Frank Garrigan told WKOK he drafted a proposed answer to the DA's lawsuit after receiving a copy of the petition. Uh, the election board will talk about this. Uh, they held an emergency reorganization and then a regular meeting to allow Garrigan to draft a response. Garrigan says he's waiting to hear back from the board on whether to file the response. He says the board was is, has a scheduled meeting Monday at 1 p.m. to ratify the actions taken Wednesday since that other meeting was not advertised. This comes after Northumberland County Chief Registrar Lindsay Phillips told WKOK last week the Department of State 
determined the filing deadline was 5 p.m. for state offices and the county deadline was 4.30 p.m. Mandelevich's petitions were time-stamped at 5.01 p.m. Phillips says the petitions were first accepted as a courtesy, but pending a review by the Department of State, they were declined. Trib Live reporting today as the debate around the timing of the opening day of the buck season continues. A Lehigh Valley legislator has joined the ranks of those considering moving the opener back to its traditional Monday after Thanksgiving. Last week, State Senator Lisa Boscola posted a legislative member looking for sponsors for the legislation she plans to introduce that would permanently move the opening day back to Monday. Pennsylvania U.S. Senator John Fetterman is continuing his recovery from depression. Our correspondent Tory Gates has the latest. The former lieutenant governor and first-term U.S. senator is expected to remain in hospital for up to two more weeks. Fetterman checked himself into Walter Reed National Military Medical Center on February 16th and is being treated for clinical depression. CNN reports Fetterman's physicians as saying he is progressing and has been meeting with his family and staff regularly. Fetterman, who is 53, suffered a stroke last May shortly before winning the Democratic Senate primary. Tory Gates, News Radio 1070 WKOK. During his visit to Sunbury Monday, U.S. Senator Bob Casey was also asked uh, by our reporter, Matt Catrillo, about his health. Uh, it's four weeks since his uh, prostate cancer surgery. I was really fortunate. If you have a good health care, a good doctor, and then good luck and a lot of support, I was fortunate to A, get a good surgical outcome, and B, have a pretty uneventful recovery. I was actually voting on the floor of the Senate on day 13. Faster than I thought I'd be back. Casey was diagnosed with prostate cancer in December and underwent successful surgery in mid-February. All right, on to the U.S. Senate race in 2024. Penn Live has an update on David McCormick. He's not yet commenting on whether he'll run. Senator Doug Mastriano says he's considering it. WHTM talked to Kathy Barnett, and she says she is not running for U.S. Senate. Remember that poll that had her with 11%, so maybe she'll endorse uh, somebody in that race, so that'll give them an edge. And Joe is not the oldest working radio announcer in the world. Uh, Mary McCoy is 85 years old from Texas, has been awarded the Guinness World Record for the longest-serving female radio announcer. She's been on the air for 72 years. She got her big break in 1952 when she was 12, and she's been going continuously ever since. Well, I guess she sleeps and eats and weekends, but uh, anyway, she's been on the radio ever since. Along the way, she performed on stage with Elvis. She hosts a country music classic show six days a week and says she has no plans to retire. Okay. Well, she's got me by three years. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Isn't that something? Okay. Stan, you're on the line. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Uh, yeah, it wasn't me, Mark. Right, you're right. Yeah, I had to make a correction. Thank you. I agree with it, but it wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> because they were going with their ESG and uh, what's the other one? Diversity, equity, and inclusion plan, which, you know, up to a certain point that may be okay, but when it affects your bottom line, it's probably not the best thing to be doing. We but, still have to make sound investments regardless of your goals. Well, obviously they weren't. So... That's, but that's, you know, I'm, I'm not a banking guru, so I know not very little about it other than somebody screwed up and somebody's going to have to pay the price. And, but I do believe in the long run, it's probably going to be the taxpayers pay the biggest price trying to bail them out. They say not because of the, 
what is the FDIC going to have the insurance plan? But Biden says that no one, no depositor will lose anything, even if they had more than a $250,000, right? But, Stan, where do banks get their money? It comes back to us, maybe uh, not taxes. Uh, well, no, 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 no. Mark, the banks get their money from fees they call charge your customers. It's not tax money. Right, that's what I'm saying. But you and but I they are, are taxpayers have who pay bank, it. bank accounts, so we'll be charged. Well, only if you have a bank account. If you don't have a bank account, you don't have to pay it, right? <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> you know, you know that's, but, yeah, in the long run, we're going to get screwed with the, with the, with the bill. It's that simple. I mean, it's the way it always comes out because Biden's promising that nobody, none of the depositors, the investors are another deal, but none of the depositors would lose anything. They would all be made whole was basically a statement he made on Friday, Saturday last week when he got up and made his announcement about what was going to happen. Yeah, right. So, you know, so uh, the FDIC doesn't have that kind of money. And, and, and to be insured for $250,000 is one thing, but then to promise, for the president to promise, that people over and above that are going to be made whole, I, I don't see it working very well. But well, and Roku had $500 million there, they said. In deposit. Yes. Yeah, so see, how, how much money is in the FDIC trust fund or whatever they call it? And <laughs> Not that much. Well, they're no, billions, so. by so, assuming, but, um, yeah, they're going to be tapping all their bonds. And, and that's that's one bank. And you had the, the one up in New York that failed, too. Signature bank. Right. So is the same thing going to happen for them? I'm not sure, but the only time will tell. But and eventually, the taxpayers will pay more <laughs> for something. It's the way it always works. Now, Mark, you said something about the Russians took, they didn't shoot the drone down. The way it sounded to me is they put fuel, dumped required monthly test of the emergency alert system originating from the Pennsylvania Emergency Management Agency Harrisburg. This is only a test. No, that, was, that was reported this morning. Oh, was it? Okay, very yep. well. Thank you. Okay, so I thought uh, maybe it was How do they know morning. that, Joe? I don't know how they know it, but it was reported this morning on two networks. Okay. That I saw. Okay. So, yeah, in that case, obviously, that's... Uh, I don't know. What, 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 what do you think the possibilities are? I mean, we're not going to start a war with Russia because of this incident, but uh, certainly doesn't put us on good standing as though, you know, as though we were already. Well, yeah, we're already in a proxy war with them. We're supplying weapons to Ukraine. And, and, and those two networks that reported that, if you probably look at them, they're probably pro-Ukraine. I'm not necessarily anti-Ukraine. I'm anti-sending all our money to Ukraine and our all our military equipment and not re being, being able to re uh, refill the, the warehouses with our equipment. So it doesn't seem that we're doing that a lot. We might be. Maybe you know, we should bomb some Russian out. facilities. But, <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so we're already on. in a proxy war. And this is what happened over international waters from what it was said, right? Right, right. unprovoked. So does the U.N. step in? You know, ain't that what the U.N.'s for? 
<laughs> well, They're supposed to step in and negotiate type stuff like that. Putin has a certain salute that he gives to the UN, so I'm not sure that would have any Well, I mean, the, the key thing is here, international law, where does that come in? I don't think it's the UN. It's international law, the Hague, the court in the Hague. We should okay. sue the Russians in the Hague for a inter violation of international airspace. Okay, I don't have a problem with that. But I also heard this morning that they think the Russians are out in the Black Sea trying to gather up remnants of this drone or maybe the, i don't know how intact it may have been when it crashed remained so if they get the the electronics and the ad, ad gear out of it does that increase their ability to produce the stuff well uh, someone reported this morning and i don't know how accurate it is that there, there was a, a drone shot down in the desert during the obama administration and he opted not to destroy it and then, then the uh, the country I forget which country it is now has probably now has now has a series of drones very similar to ours. They they reverse engineered the thing, and then built it themselves. But I, I I don't know that this thing came crashing down. I think you look at it, it certainly has the the pro propensity to glide uh, with that wide wingspan. Right. The fact that it has no propeller shouldn't mean that it drops like a rocket. It still is aerodynamically um, sound. Enough, sound. It's yeah, not like a helicopter. And I would think yeah. that we could have destroyed electronically, and the, the electronics were working because there were still photographs after they dumped the fuel on it. Yeah, CBS said that uh, they, the Russians probably could manage to collect some debris, according to the Pentagon, uh, like metal chunks, but uh, Admiral Milley said that the U.S. had taken mitigating measures to prevent the loss of any sensitive intelligence. So maybe it has like a self-destruct button that wipes its brain or something this, when, it, when it's going to... This will self-destruct in five that? seconds. Millie? Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe anything Millie says. You know... You don't believe anybody? He, he, he could say it's uh, night outside and I, and I look out and yeah, the sun's out so no, it's day. So yeah, now, you know, Millie, Millie says whatever's good for him. So I, I don't see in that being truthful because remember, the Afghans pullout was a success. Well, it was. Oh, no. It was just well, a wonderful. Yeah, right. It was a success. All right. All right. But anyways, so yeah, the Russians can gather equipment, and I've heard that uh, they've been sending captured uh, weaponry from in Ukraine to Iran, so they can reverse engineer and make this stuff. And Iran is selling drones to Russia. So that's probably who got the drone that was shot down in the desert was Iran. Well, that could so, see. The U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said Wednesday, speaking alongside Milley, that he had spoken with his Russian counterpart, Sergei Sogu, I guess you would say. Sogu? Yeah, I think so. It looked, uh, uh, well, it has, uh, has other vowels in it, but I wouldn't know how they would come out. <laughs> anyway, after that incident, uh, but the defense chief wouldn't provide details of the conversation, but he did say, quote, the U.S. will continue to fly and operate wherever international law allows, and it is incumbent upon Russia to operate military aircraft safely. Russia's defense ministry said that Shogu had told Austin that the collision was the result of increased U.S. intelligence activities against the interests of the Russian Federation and non-compliance with the restricted flight zone declared by Moscow amid its ongoing war with Ukraine. So, yeah, it was probably approved high up, and it was because of our provocations, what they are announcing as provoca our provocations there. 
So, so, so flying over international waters against Russia's rules now? <laughs> apparently, apparently so. Apparently so. Well, maybe not at that moment, but it may have been over that uh, Ukrainian zone earlier that they, they well, set aside. Well, I think, if I remember right, Predator drones are controlled by operators out in the Midwest. This is at a one Reaper. Of our air bases. This is a Reaper drone. I thought they were in Colorado. I think they're in Colorado. Yeah, okay, well, wherever, somewhere out in the West area. So if the, the control mechanisms were still working after being doused with fuel and clipped with, uh, you know, the, the propeller being clipped, they should have been able to glide it in, maybe. I'm not a video game player, so I really don't know for sure. I doubt that it but would float, though. Yeah, I wouldn't think it stuff. would drop like a rock. I don't think they'd want it to float. I think they'd want to self-destruct the thing if there was a capability for doing that, or at least neutralize all the sophisticated gear inside. And <laughs> wipe well, Yeah, and, I, and I, hope, I hope they did that if it's possible. And if it is possible, we shouldn't know about it. Right, I agree. Okay, so, yeah, I, I hope that was possible. And... Mm. It, and they did it so that the Russians and the Iranians can get absolutely zero tech out of it. But we don't know that. So, All right. We got you, okay. sir. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You too. All right. So 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. We would just love to hear from you. 570-743-WKOK. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com. You can text us at 70236. Six. We would love to hear from you. Including the keyword OTM, don't forget right, that. Don't forget. It's not really a word. It's three letters, but make sure you put them in, in your text, and then we'll get it. No, it's just a word. Oh. <laughs> okay. Send it to Odom. 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 All right, let's talk about a Ford Explorer. Yes, in 2023, there is a brand-new redesigned Ford Explorer out there, and it is nice, more agile than the previous one, slightly larger. Why are vehicles getting larger? I don't know why. They were supposed to get smaller. Anyway, uh, well... But, because, like me, they like to use that gas. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they they are definitely ignoring. Bigger is better. You don't right? have any great-grandchildren yet, so you don't mind uh, uh, using up all their fuel. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, the 2.3-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine is still the base engine in 2025. So you're going to get gasoline mileage on the highway in a gorgeous, riding, wonderful-looking Explorer. It's going to hit 30 on the highway, maybe in the dead of winter, you'll hit uh, 20 or maybe in the upper teens for your fuel economy. Uh, but the Ford Explorer redesigned and looking fabulous down at the Sunbury Motor Company. They got a slew of F-150s down there. They got a slew of Kias and a slew of Hyundais and they were just... How many in a slew? Uh, six. Six, six is yeah, a slew. I a thought slew. that was a half dozen. Well, that's another Would word Would that be it. half a slew? <laughs> no, that's a full slew. <laughs> a slew is uh, that much. Alright, standby caller. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. 
see their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook, Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. the seasons change, so do your banking needs. Mifflinburg Bank and Trust can help you meet your goals this season by putting cash in your hands right now with your home's equity. Mifflinburg Bank and Trust is offering home equity loans with competitive rates. Maybe you're ready for that home improvement project. Maybe you'd like to pay off credit card or student debt. Or, best of all, maybe it's time to finally take that vacation you've always dreamed about. These are all great reasons to get a home equity loan right now with Mifflinburg Bank and Trust. Call for an appointment or go online at mbtc.com. Mifflinburg Bank and Trust, the bank you keep for life. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Mifflinburg Bank and Trust, the bank you keep for life. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience Experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-343-6460. 800-343-6460. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Let's be real. Mopping is a hassle. You have to fill the bucket. Pushing a wet, heavy mop around. Then cleaning the mop when you're done so it doesn't grow bacteria. A hassle on top of a hassle. Try Swiffer WetJet. With Swiffer WetJet, you start with a fresh pad and cleaning solution every time. And when you're done, you just toss the pad. Swiffer WetJet. The faster, easier, cleaner way to clean your floors. Business is a booming on the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. We would just love to hear from you. Lynn Hall, fabulous producer. She could not be any fabulouser. If she tried. Well, she could be, but it would take a lot of work. Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> Bring us donuts or coffee or something. That's right. That would be about the only thing. Uh, let's see. Harry from Sunbury, PA. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Good morning, guys. I think, uh, you know, one of the things with this drone being shot down and, and everything, it's one of the the, uh, the things that makes the Ukraine-Russia war a little bit confusing. One, I don't like to see us, uh, with all the cash outlay we're spending and, and the equipment we're spending over there, but I do also understand the need to help prevent Putin and Russia from getting more of a foothold through... through uh, uh, the rest of Europe and, and and who knows how much further they want to go. But I honestly don't think that there will be any any retaliation other than us wagging our finger at them saying don't do it again because 
I don't believe that Clueless Joe and anybody in his administration have the ability to do the backbone or the intelligence of how to do it where it's where it's good for the United States. Um, they try so hard to be friends with everybody that they don't ever realize that we are still the United States of America. We used to be and could still be, although we I don't believe we are now, a leader on the world stage. We are fast becoming a follower and and the appeasement along with Russia and China is what's making that even worse. And that, unfortunately, is what I, I think is going to happen now. I think we're going to wind up actually saying, oh, we're sorry for flying over international waters. We won't do that again unless you tell us it's okay. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see any precedent from this administration stepping forward and, and showing some steel and saying, hey, listen, we've had enough. You guys are going to get in line. Don't threaten us anymore. You know what's fascinating to me, too, Harry, and along with what you're saying, is the Biden administration, when the Russians went into Ukraine, they said, we're going to cripple their economy with uh, all of our sanctions, and we're going to bring them to their knees, and our economy seems to be shakier than theirs. Their banks seem to be open. Ours are closing. Yeah, yeah, we actually have strengthened their economy. <laughs> you know, and, and they're getting more money from, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they're actually getting more money from for their uh, fuel than they ever were, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure about that, but I, they certainly right. don't seem to be on their knees. No, no, and, and you know, I, I, God bless the Ukrainians. They, they have, uh, I mean, I didn't think they could hold on as long as they have, and they've, and they've actually had some great successes, but, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't have an answer. I don't know what the right answer is. I do, like I say, I don't want to see the Russians continually expand their empire, but I also don't want to see us um, spending all our money and using all our resources to keep them from doing it either. Ukraine is not a vital security interest for us. It's just, it's just not. <laughs> Well, it depends on whether or not you buy the theory that if we don't stop them here, eventually they'll be in our backyard doing something we don't want done. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we've been saying that since Korea. <laughs> you know, since the Korean conflict, we've been saying that. We said it about Vietnam. We, we, and now we, now we just, you know, you, you buy stuff. If you want to, one of the great dichotomies of, of, or ironies of life is if you buy, there's nothing that says American more than a New York Yankee baseball cap, right? I mean, Yankees, that's, that's what Americans were always told. If you buy one now, it was manufactured in Vietnam. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it all rings hollow to me. I don't know. All right, we got Oh, you. you make a good point, Harry. Good point. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, sir. Take care. All right. Much appreciated. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Somebody sent us a clipping or not, a link for the bank board of SVB Financial. Uh, the chairperson of the board uh, was Soros. Uh, Kay Matthews, but she worked for SVB. So did Greg Becker. He was the CEO, so he went down with the ship. Uh, let's see. Eric Ben Hamo, who's chairman of Ben Hamo Global Ventures. Uh, Elizabeth Burr is the former president of Carrot Incorporated, which is venture capitalist. Richard Daniels is the former executive vice president and CEO of Kaiser Permanente. Allison Davis is co-founder and managing partner of 
fifth era. I'm not sure what that is. So yeah, this is heavily uh, weighted with these venture people. Accenture is the is the business that Joel Friedman worked at. Thomas King, uh, former chief executive of Barclays. Uh, Jeff, something or other, who was from Coursera. I'm not sure what that is. Good old Jeff, something or other. Well, it's. <laughs> Maggio, here, I'll let you say it, Smarty. Give it to it's, me. It's that one with the M. Maggio Calda. Oh, okay, well, you didn't make it sound that hard. You probably said it wrong, but Maggio no, pretty good. You said everything that's there. Anyway, Mary Miller, who is from the U.S. Department of Treasury previously. Kate Mitchell is the founder of Scale Venture Partners, so more venture capitalists. And Garen Staglin, who is from Staglin Family Vineyard. So, of course, they were heavily into the... That's um, the problem. They were all the drinking vineyards. too much wine. All right, let's hit David before we hit the break. Dave from Sunbury. Thank you, sir. You are on the mark. Yes, gentlemen, I wonder if there's anybody operating a taxi service here in Sunbury area since Paul's is out of business. Uh, SV Taxi, Susquehanna Valley Taxi operates around here. Rabbit okay. Transit. <laughs> yeah. They're not in the phone book anywhere, so I don't know. Did they go out? I think they were operated by Susquehanna Valley Limousine. Call Susquehanna Valley Limousine and ask them. Okay. And then the area agency on aging would know about rides. Well, there's Rabbit Transit. Right. So that's... Give well, those a that, that Rabbit Transit is... Well, it's... Uh, I don't know. But <laughs> it's a bigger, bigger thing that I need to go to the grocery store. Well, let me think. Uh, yeah, you have your pencil handy? Call 570-473-8833. Okay, thank you. Uh, you betcha, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Anything else we can do for you personally today? Lawrence's con uh, concierge <laughs> service is open. All right. Need your trash removed? Give we us a call. Three great emails. We're going to read them when we come back. All right. Call us now, 570-743-9565. We talked about the drone attack over the Black Sea. And we talked about and to Linda Kenyon from CBS about the banking failure. Tomorrow morning, Professor Mastrolia is going to be checking in from Bucknell University, accounting professor. She's watching this banking debacle as well, so we'll talk to her about the very latest and sort of what led up to this, uh, the myriad of complexities that led to this. Of course, just not running the bank in a sound fashion is the big issue. And that's part of the myriad of complexity. Well, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> getting your, one of the guys said they they had their eyes out over the tips of their skis, you know, with this venture capitalism. They have way more money invested in flaky things than in um, rational things or normal things. And then also, uh, you know, this long-term bonding, you know, putting all your money in long-term bonding, but then you run out of cash. All right, 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Hi, this is Season. For over 100 years, the Purdy Insurance Agency has been protecting families and businesses of the greater Susquehanna Valley and beyond. With the experience of our trained and knowledgeable staff, you can rest assured that your needs will be evaluated and met by some of the industry's best representatives. No matter what your insurance needs are, call Purdy Insurance today at 570-286-5855, visit our website at purdyinsurance.com, or check us out on Facebook to see what we can do for you. 
It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. We agreed. It's time to try something different. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two years old. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1 800 L I N Z E S S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceutical. Of course, I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked. And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers, perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, Call Select Quote at 1-800-330-1991. That's 1-800-330-1991. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-330-1991. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. 68 Three-pointer. Good! What a shot by Pickett! Seven games to win. Pickett fires it at the buzzer. It's good. He's got it for Three play. weekends to advance. And for the one team left standing, a national championship. Join us Thursday, live from Des Moines. It's Penn State and Texas A&M. This is the NCAA Tournament on the Penn State Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, Mark Lawrence here. Joe is here. Call us now, 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236 when we were talking about President Trump and Joe Biden and, uh, let's see, Ron DeSantis and other candidates yesterday. One of our listeners uh, said, you're going to have to start about halfway through because this is like a conversation. So, uh, Well, I can, I, can, I can ad-lib it and wing it. Okay. Well, Joe, if you want to know what finger to give 
Donald Trump. It's the middle one. <laughs> this must be your favorite ultra-maga site. Ninety-nine percent of these so-called accomplishments were handled to the Trumpster in the form of a good economy. Trump was working on destroying Obama's work, but ran out of time when we threw his worthless rear end to the curb. Tax cuts, <laughs> worthless rear end. Tax cuts to billionaires and corporations are failing to the point that Biden is proposing that they be put back where they were. Cutting regulations backfired also. Look at the banks and railroad. Too many things to mention, but I'll throw in the fake elector claims and the insurrection is just two of his accomplishments. Tom, you're ignoring the fact that those banking regulation rollbacks had a great deal of Democratic support. Well, you know, so Frank don't you blame Donald Trump on that. Right. He just signed it. I, I think it really is a product of the Obama administration when it was formulated and written and the hearings were held. Obviously, President Trump knew Congress, so that that's when it was passed. Well, that but, was the question I asked Linda Kenyon. They overreact many times. They do some draconian stuff because we got to do something. But CBS reports that there's a hundred banks that are operating thriving and profitable. I was not hundred. I was Don Frank. Many, are, many more of them are doing well than doing poorly. That fit that size. Yeah. yeah, many have grown up to be as as big as those. But that this really opened up the playing field and let them not spend all their money making sure that they had a parachute right. to get out. Have you run on your bank? Have you gone in and demanded all your cash? <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I, I agree with no. the president. I think the banking system is sound and strong. Right. You know, there are certainly enough regulations in there, but I think some regulators have to take responsibility for missing the signs at both Signature Bank and at uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, I don't think we can take any credit for Bank Suisse. Well, and I think what we're going to see now is if you are on the board of a bank, you will do your due diligence for a change. You know, maybe you haven't been asking tough questions, and maybe you have been saying, you know, how far are we overextended, or, or are we at all overextended, I guess would be the right way to ask it, and making sure that your audits are sound, and, and uh, banks can get people that look at it and uh, judge risk, you know, that say, you know, you can have a consultant look at it and say, okay, this is too dangerous, you're overextended, or you have too many loans out and not enough assets, you know, this kind of thing. Well, if you failed your, in your fiduciary responsibility to your clients as a banker, as a bank board member, I think you ought to bear some of the responsibility. I know in municipal government, if we make a mistake that costs the taxpayers money, we can be surcharged. In other words, that can come right out mayor of our pocket. Mayor and council. Mayor, mayor and councils can be surcharged right out of their pocket. And I think if the bank directors had that same thing looking at them, they might be a lot more interested in exactly what the bank is doing. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, this is a little lengthy, and it... Uh... All right, it says, and this is from one of our listeners, the U.S. Treasury Department has reportedly agreed to provide Republican lawmakers access to a set of suspicious activity reports relating to transactions by President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, the president's brother, James Biden, and their business associates. The reports relate to the unusual foreign or high dollar transactions, such as transactions with no apparent business activity. There are 150 <laughs> SARS, that's suspicious activity reports, against Hunter Biden by all accounts, an extremely high number and extremely rare for any one individual. Yeah, you can't list them as the subject of the transaction as 
influence peddling that's no, frowned upon. It wouldn't work. According to bank documents we've already obtained, we know one company owned by a Biden associate received a $3 million wire from a Chinese energy company two months after Joe Biden left the vice presidency. Uh, Comer and James, he's, Comer, James Comer, right, said on Tuesday, soon after, hundreds of thousands of dollars in payouts went to members of the Biden family. We are going to continue to use bank documents and suspicious activity reports to follow the money trail to determine the extent of the Biden family's business schemes. If Joe Biden is compromised by these deals and if there is a national security threat. So, Joe's going to get investigated. Huh? Uh, funny, uh, Democrats say Hunter Biden's innocent. You should just nothing leave him here, alone. Folks. Nothing to see right, here. Right, nothing to see here. But if, if President Trump signs one check to a, a pornography star oh, and, and, get him. Oh, and puts <laughs> in the memo, hush money, <laughs> Democrats have I don't a meltdown. He, I don't think he put hush money in the memo for I the check. I think he did. Did he really? No, I think <laughs> the other fellow did. Uh, what's his name? He's his test- attorney, yeah. He's testifying now. His name escapes me. Anyway, okay. Uh, uh, let's see, is this also, uh, I guess I would ask folks, when you send us a fantastic email, like we have the three we're reading now, put in the subject what you're referring to, because we might not get it to the next day. This is just the subjects on the mark. Right. But this is about uh, G- President Trump's accomplishments, I believe. Right. Joe, or, or it says, failings. Uh, Joe, check your history on the COVID-19 vaccine. One, Moderna perfected the mRNA process utilizing two National Institute of Health grants during the eight years of the Obama administration. Number two, when the pandemic began, it was a matter of incorporating the correct RNA into the vaccine and testing it for human use. Number three, the Trump administration did create Operation Warp Speed to expedite the process of creating the vaccine. You give Trump credit for this process. However, isn't that the job of any president? So you are giving him extra credit for doing his job? Well, some presidents don't do their job well. Right. It's the one thing he did during his four years in office that was not for him personally. That's not true. Well, you got the vaccine. Moderna did not accept any government assistance from the Trump administration. Five, Trump failed miserably on trying to distribute the vaccine to the general public. He assigned the task to one of his army generals. It turned out to be a joke, and the general was never heard from again. What'd they do? Rub him out? <laughs> when the, the bottom Bi- of the lake. <laughs> yeah, right. When the Number six, when the Biden administration took office, they realized that the logistics of vaccine shipments should go to the experts, e.g. UPS and FedEx, that do this every day. The results are history. You promote yourself as a historian. No, as an historian. <laughs> anyway. and it's A before H. It I think he an. is acceptable in that setting. No, it's not. Yes. Yet, No, it's not. An historian, not a historian, an historian. Well, Yet you are not good. so good on recent history. Signed, WRR. Well, Joe sees history through his partisan lenses. That's the problem, is that they're all fogged up with... I see history as it is. MAGA red. I see warts oh, and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lie detector just went off. All right, let's take another quickie break, but we would invite callers on these topics. President Trump's many accomplishments. Okay, President Trump's few accomplishments, but they're bona fide accomplishments. Expediting the process of developing and distributing the vaccine. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe not Even one Democrats of them. give him credit for warp speed, you know, although that 
person do. WRR chose to detract from his abilities in that regard. It's funny, we have one president who ought to stay in the basement and another one who wouldn't and should have. All right, 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Oh, yes. Mm. When car repairs get difficult... Well, I don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Mm. Out of auto repair. Yeah, I'm so stressed. Our business is growing. We've got people all over now. Uma. What is that? Meditation? I'm recommending the Uma cloud phone system with auto attendant and more than 50 features. Uma? Yep. Switching to Uma is a cinch. Just $24.95 per month per user, plus taxes and fees. Uma. Now you're feeling it. Find Small Business Calm at uma.com slash radio. That's O-O-M-A dot com slash radio. From the very beginning, we're all about being connected. And year after year, through every stage of life, that need grows even stronger. Which is why Pentelidata never stops improving our advanced fiber network. We connect the things that matter most. Businesses, schools, healthcare, governments, and of course, the people who make our community strong. This is technology with a purpose. Stay connected with Penteladata. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance. So you only pay for what you need. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more. LibertyMutual.com Hello there. My name is Seychelle, and what makes the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich original to me is the punch of flavors that's unlike any other. You get the crispy tenderness of the chicken and that hint of sourness from the pickles. Ta-da! <laughs> Hey, I'm Juan, and what makes the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich original to me is you know you're going to get chicken that's crispy, golden, and juicy. This is the gold standard of chicken sandwiches. Order the original Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich on the Chick-fil-A app today. Real customers paid for their testimonials. 68. Three-pointer. Good! What a shot by Pickett! Seven games to win. Pickett fires it at the buzzer. It's good! He's got it for Three play! weekends to advance. And for the one team left standing, a national championship. Join us Thursday, live from Des Moines. It's Penn State and Texas A&M. This is the NCAA Tournament on the Penn State Sports Network from Learfield. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, years ago, three dollars. Uh, uh, first dental cleaning I ever had was three dollars. Get out of here! I'm not kidding you. It's like a hundred and a half now. Yeah, I know. Hey. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, Tom says WRR needs to replace Mark to keep Joe straight. Excellent history lesson on how COVID-19 was actually handled. Oh, my gosh. Please do replace me. <laughs> that would free up my morning tremendously. And then uh, one of our other texters says Trump wrote off the porn star payment in taxes. Uh, guilty, as I see it. Yep. So now she's uh, going to yes, testify. tax deductible. Hush money is tax deductible. It should be. <laughs> Shouldn't right. be. We got one call coming. I got. Uh, how do you write that off? Uh, porn star. Uh, hush money. Yeah, hush well, money. Business right. expense of some sort. If if what she might talk about is going to hurt your businesses, well, it would be a business expense, it, wouldn't she's it? She's a consultant. <laughs> so. As a well, now, now that she said, uh, I saw this morning on the news reports that she's going to testify and uh, make herself available to the prosecutor. Now, you asked a funny question, though, off air. Does she have a non-disclosure agreement about sure this hush money? You wouldn't give somebody $130,000 to keep their mouth shut without requiring them to keep their mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, don't you? tell anybody <laughs> what this is all about, especially Melania. Right. Uh, good morning. You are on the mark. Go right ahead. Good morning. I wish we could move on. I mean, we are just beating these horses with a stick, and they're dead. These horses are dead. I'm just so tired of having the same discussion every day, But which is why I would like to introduce a new subject. Last Friday, there was a group of people in promoting child care and the issues surrounding child care for people who want to work. And I did some looking into it, and lo and behold, Pennsylvania has a new child care tax credit, and we give people cash if they're paying money to, for child care while they're at work. I think that's a good thing. We're spending up to $24 million, and this year they want to spend even more. The government wants to push up the child tax credit, and that's not all. So they get up to $3,000, but that's not all. The federal government also provides $2,000 per legal citizen for child care credits. Now, here's what troubles me. Couples making up to $400,000 a year are eligible for this. Well, come on. Come on. I mean, this is where, the, for me, these things go off the rails. I understand why they do this. I read an article about it. And the belief by the advocates for these kinds of programs is that if they can get it applying not only to the low-income people and the lower middle class, but also to upper middle class people, that when they come under scrutiny for controlling the spending, those people in the upper middle class will fight to keep it. And those are the people that the federal government will listen to, and that's why you want to give it to rich people as well as poor people. And yes, by my definition, a couple making $400,000 a year is rich. I can mean, you, come on. Can you imagine you're at the H&R Block office, you're getting your taxes done, and she looks at your W-2, and it says, uh, wow, $400,000, you guys are doing pretty well. And don't forget my child tax credit, I want my $1,500. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my gosh. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And there's a second dependent child care federal tax credit with another $3,000 or up to $6,000 per family. Yeah, but Cindy, tax credits are good as far as they go, but they don't go far enough. I mean, that's not really money in your pocket when you have to lay out to the to the child care provider every month or every week for the for the uh, service. Uh, the fact that you get a tax credit at the end of the year, which you may or may not see depending on the rest of your financial situation. You could have you could qualify for it, but the rest of your taxing situation might require you to pay the federal government money or right, the state government money. Get the tax credit, right? But it's not so money you would in your pay pocket. Less taxes. But right. it's not money in your pocket to pay for child care. Sure, it is. No, it's it is for isn't. next year's child care. If you're a prudent manager of your money, 
I mean, really, Joe, I, I don't get what you're saying. I'm giving you back $3,000. I'm giving you back $3,000 at the state level. It's $3,000 at the federal level. And another $3,000 if you're low income. Um, you're $9,000. Some of these are actually refundable, which means that even if you didn't consume the $3,000, you still get $3,000, which I think is ridiculous, personally. But, you know, that's a whole other discussion. But I don't understand why you would think that this... Would, would you rather I send them a check in advance and hope they do go to work? Hope they do use that money to pay their child care provider? I mean, when my employer reimbursed me for child care, it was after the fact. They, I produced how much I spent last quarter, and right. they compensated me. Right, but the tax credits come at the end of the year when you file your income tax or your tax returns. Right. They so. don't come. They don't come when you're actually expending the money. They come later. And if you qualify, and whether you actually see it or not depends on the rest of your financial situation. Right. So, for example, if I'm buying a well, Tesla, making, an electric car, I get a tax credit. True or false? And they give this out in order to encourage people to buy electric cars. Right. And when they want businesses to move to the area, we don't necessarily give them cash, although actually we do, which just makes me crazy. But past that, for example, Shemokin Dam gave the electric company a tax break for 10 years on their uh, property taxes on the plot that they have that uh, plant on down there. And the uh, marijuana plant gets a tax break. So if it's good for business, why isn't it good for people? I didn't say it isn't good for them, Cindy. You're missing my whole point. My point is that where the rubber meets the road, that money is not available right now for child care. The parents still have to come up with the money. I don't think the $400,000 family is worried about whether they have money I'm for I'm not talking care. about the $400,000 family because I agree with Cindy about that. I think it's ridiculous to get people who make that much money on. child care. I agree with you completely on that. But I do think that child care, I know what child care, how expensive it is, uh, for just from personal experience about what my, what my son and his wife would have to pay if my wife and well, I were capable of handling... Uh, how much is a week at a daycare these days? It's a lot of money. A thousand, <laughs> a thousand bucks? I, I recall, Joe, I've been through this. I've lived this. I've walked these footsteps myself, <laughs> right? It's easy for me to comment about it. I've been down this road. And yes, it reduces your net take-home pay because you're paying for child care in order to go to work. That's true. Why shouldn't you? You decided to have the children. Why shouldn't you be Joe there? doesn't like children you, you sound like one of my former employers. I, when my wife and I discovered we were going to have a baby, I went in and asked for a raise. And the lady who owned the radio station that I was running said, we didn't tell you to have a baby. Joe, when, we, <laughs> when my husband and I, we made a conscious decision to have two children because we were confident that in our childbearing years, we could meet our economic responsibilities towards those kids in including putting them through college. And we had no more because we did not believe we had the wherewithal to meet that person's need. I think you make a choice. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Cindy. Oh, Great Cindy. points, uh, Joe. It's a shame you didn't have anything to counter with. Go count your money that's in the mattress, will you? <laughs> Joe's a glonzillionaire, but it's all hidden in a mattress. Yeah, that's right. Cause people got to be breaking into my home and cutting my mattress apart looking for money, right? Well, you're down to one glunk because right. of the banking collapse. One glunk, so right. That doesn't hurt as much. I'm a one glunk pony. This is WDK, okay, Sunbury.